Hi, I'm Carrie, a stroke survivor and member of BIND. And I'm Kezia, a stroke survivor and member of BIND as well. And for this episode, we'll be focused on aphasia, since it affects so many brain injury survivors. If you don't know, aphasia is a language disorder that affects a person's ability to communicate. And we are welcoming Nicole back to talk, dig a little deeper and get a little more maybe advanced into aphasia and what it is and what it's not and all that good stuff. So welcome back, Nicole. Thank you for having me. Welcome to Bindways, the official podcast of the Brain Injury Network of Dallas. I'm Brian White, Bind's Executive Director. On each episode, we'll be providing insight into the brain injury community. We'll be talking to members and professionals regarding their stories and the important role of Binds Clubhouse. We work as a team to inspire hope, community, and a sense of purpose to survivors, caregivers, and the public. Thank you for tuning in to Bind Waves. Let's get on with the show. Thank you for spending more and more time with us. It's <laughs> exciting. <laughs> so I think like kind of one of the big things I want to, I know there's several different types of aphasia and I know Kezia thinks I know all the terms but I just kind of know them. I just say random words and people think I'm talking about but I also know there's this thing called apraxia is that also aphasia or is that different that one's different that's okay. how you get your words out there's like a disconnect between the brain and the mouth and the words just aren't coming out and from there there's like verbal apraxia and limb apraxia Okay. okay. So some people can have apraxia and aphasia. Oh. Okay. But, but it is different. But it is different. Okay. Yeah. So we may need to circle back and do some episodes on apraxia. <laughs> See, Kizzy, I learned something new today, too. <laughs> okay. Um, so since it is something completely different than aphasia, I think that was some misunderstanding that we had, like, as brain injury survivors and the terms that we also hear from other people. Um, but... Can we backtrack a little bit? I think in the previous episode, you did mention about global aphasia, and I learned a lot in the last couple of minutes. So you said it had something to do about global aphasia, and then it kind of specific, being more specific for other issues. Can yeah. you elaborate a little bit on that? Absolutely. So in aphasia, we can have two different kinds where it's fluent and non-fluent. Oh, okay. And um, so somebody with global, that's going to be, when I think of global aphasia, I think of like something that almost overtakes the whole brain. And so they are unable to understand. They're unable to read, write. They're unable to get their words out. It's like global. So they would have problems with both the fluency and then the non-fluency of it. And then when it goes to more we can have Broca's aphasia and Wernicke's aphasia, and there's another one, anomic aphasia, and I'm going to check out my notes. Um, we've got the mixed non-fluent aphasia, and um, then the primary progressive is another one we've talked about, and there's another one, transcortical. So there's a bunch of different types of it, but it basically, they break down into like if they're fluent or non-fluent. So the best example is Broca's, I think I mentioned it last time, where Broca's aphasia is non-fluent, they're getting one or two words out of, at a time, but they make complete sense. Where Wernicke's aphasia, they're getting words out, but it does not make sense, but it flows and it's got good intonation and it's got good volume, but what they are saying doesn't make sense. So that's what makes it fluent, is that it's able to come out in an easy way, where the non-fluent, it's broken. It's just very harsh, and it's one word, maybe two at a time. 
Now, how does that compare to, and I mean, of course, you know, I can only relate back to those people that I know that have aphasia, but like Carl mentions, he only knew one word. Right. And of course, that word, word was noodle, right. which can only be used to mean noodle. <laughs> but in his brain, you know, he was noodle, 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 noodle. So what is that? And with Carl, I would think maybe Carl had more like the vertices because he could go up and say noodle, you know, noodle, noodle. And, you know, um, same thing with, um, oh, Jim, Jim, Dr. Pepper guy. Yeah, he he was, you know, he was saying Dr. Pepper, Dr. Pepper. But in his mind, you know, that's what he was saying, but it wasn't coming out. It could have been, you know, gibberish where it's. uh, Right. And so, again, that's just that fluent where it comes out and it's to them. They in their head, it's processing exactly what they're saying, but it comes out where it's still precise speech, you can understand them in the sense that you know they're making sound, but you can't understand the message they're trying to say. Oh, wow. Okay. This is a lot. (laughs) This is a lot. It's very different. Yeah, it is very different because when we're communicating here, like, for example, here at the clubhouse at Bind, we're all brain injury survivors, and we've all had certain, just it's a different story for every single person, but I don't think I've ever really, like, heard these specific words and explanations so this is just a whole other level so this is really cool this is that cool yeah this is cool it's not cool but yes it is it is a really good like good information to have accessible yeah and that is one thing that you kind of mentioned in the earlier episode that is something that we really take to heart here at bind is we say we do non-traditional therapy it's therapy by doing right so we encourage and embrace our friends with aphasia and talk to them like they're normal people so that they can feel good and talk about and know they can go a little slower and they can take their time and we will patiently wait for them which helps them in turn just with their speaking and being able to get better with aphasia and I think that's kind of one thing that we didn't touch on earlier so I always hate asking this question because I know it's different for every survivor, but can you recover from aphasia? You know, the doctors like to tell people, if it doesn't come back in the first six months, it's not going to come back type thing. But you just, you just never know. Like the patients, you know, I think that they say that the first six months are the most crucial because that's when insurance is paying for therapy. Mm -hmm. You know, that's when you're going to get your therapy at the hospital and you're going to get your inpatient rehab. And if you've got the private insurance, you're going to get to go to um, PATE or CNS. You're going to get to do all that and you're going to get a lot of therapy in a short amount of time. But, you know, people, they continue to work. They continue to Um, talk they see their loved ones you know the brain is amazing and it can definitely just because it's not working on this area maybe it switches it up and something can turn it on and so now they're able to say other words so I don't like to say I mean I guess when the global aphasia when is the one that you can really see if it doesn't get better sooner rather than later then the global aphasia is the the hardest one to recover from Interesting. And right now, the thing that we were, uh, what she was just asking is that can you like get healed or something? And I don't know what word you used, but that's what I'm going to say. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, it's all of it's different. I mean, yeah. we all recover differently. Recover. Yeah. Some of us don't even have and, aphasia. And, I mean, you could start off with aphasia and you can absolutely recover 100%. And yeah. it's just a pastime that you talk about. 
Now, speaking yeah. of, that reminds me, too. I just thought about this. I have another friend that is not a part of Vine that she had a stroke. I don't know. Maybe it's been about six years ago. She doesn't live in this state. And she was, it was a mini stroke. I think it might have just been a TIA. So yeah. she didn't have too many problems. But she just recently has been diagnosed with aphasia. So, like, it mm-hmm. took years before aphasia set in. Yeah. I mean, how? So, and that, I mean, we, at my um, job, we have what's called late effect stroke. And so it could just be there was that lesion in the brain, and just over time, you know, it's gotten weaker, and now it's definitely showing its face. Interesting. Yeah, that's really interesting, especially because I feel like for, for me, it was, like, backwards. Like, it just has taken a lot of time, and it's very consistent repeat and repeat like Carl says all the time repeat and repeat and repeat like I have been doing for for a while now and I've gotten like very like I think Carrie has said it to me before and other people like the stroke that I had is like very like hidden you can't really see it I look I mean I I can physically I'm pretty much all right um, but inside, like my brain, it just it takes a lot more work than it used to. Like I went to college, I loved reading, I was in like a book book club and all this stuff, and those are the abilities that I now have a difficult issue with now. So some of the practice that I currently do, and I did do a lot, like when I really needed a lot more recovery, one is a podcast. I talk <laughs> like nonstop. Sometimes I'm tired. Like I literally get home and I take a nap because it does take a lot of energy. And then the other one is just like practicing reading, even if it was one sentence at a time. And now I can make it a whole page, you know, like little things like that happen. Um, But originally in the hospital, what I did was um, that got more words out was um, Beyonce. There you go. (laughs) Yeah. And I think I met someone here or someone came to Bind and did like a actually was on Zoom about how music can trigger that, mm-hmm. oh, uh, yeah. like, to be more effective. So ha- do you have an experience with that? Yes. I, um, when I was in grad school, one of my um, clinical advisors talked to me about melodic intonation. Interesting. And so that is a therapy that you use for singing. And so I, I do that with um, some of my patients that aren't getting their words out. And we'll just kind of sing very common songs, you know, the ABCs, the happy birthday song, twinkle, twinkle, little star, row, row, row your boat. And I just kind of see how they can do that. Now, some of them, they can't, so then their brain's not triggered for that. But some of them can. And so they just, where they haven't been able to get any of their words out, all of a sudden with that melody, they're able to get words out and they're fluent with it as well. And so um, if we're able to do that, then, and I am not a singer, so I am not going to do anything <laughs> for you, but I'll add like a little tune to it and come up with little things like bum, 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 and put words to it and see if that helps them. And again, you know, it's not for everybody, but it doesn't hurt to try it on everybody because you right. can find that one that it does work for. Well, and that's again, like you said, the brain is such an amazing creature. And yes. on that note, can I go ahead and ask you to click that like button, click the share button, keep following and listening to us. And I'll go back to that. Cause what I was going to say is like, there are just because that part where the aphasia of the languages yeah. has gotten broken where the music is, is totally somewhere else in your brain. Right. So it triggers different neurons and, neuroplasticity sets in and all those other big words that I like to say that make Kezia think I know more than I do. And you know, and that's how after brain injury recovery, I feel like that 
right side, since we're talking about aphasias on the left side, that right side sometimes has to like almost do a little bit more and is working harder. And so maybe that's when that music is really able to tune in for them. Awesome. And is there um, other really good ways? I know in the previous episode, you mentioned a lot of apps. Like, is there other ways to continue like um, strengthening like your brain workout to make this language like find its own way to come out like it, whether it be understanding cognitive or speaking, whatever way of communication. Um, do you have other ways to work on it that you recommend? I would say out in society, um, you could get even like a little note card that, you know, can give people the prompt to say, Hey, give me a second. And then honestly, just take your time, take a deep breath, maybe practice what you want to say or have your common phrases saved in your phone or on a notebook so that you can just turn to it so that you can say those immediately. Um, Just keep working on different, um, if you have phrases that are hard for you, then that's something that you can work on with a family member that you trust and you know that can take time and really help you work on it. But I, you know, also that automatic speech, you know, a lot of people after aphasia, their spontaneous speech is great. I walk into the room and I said, hey, how's it going? Great. How are you? How's the weather? And then I'm like, whoa, that was amazing. (laughs) But then I say, hey, let's list five animals. And we can't do that because that's that instructed speech. And that's where somebody's kind of coming at you and you just feel this anxiety about talking but that spontaneous speech that's very easy that we talk about you know greetings and goodbyes is very very spontaneous and just very easy and something that's automatic in you so I would just say going to and practicing your automatics and have if it's not automatic have it written down yeah I know um Steve you know Steve Mm -hmm. he has a letter that he keeps in his wallet right so that he can pull it out because he does have issues and he wants to make sure. You know, and it's even there. It says, it says, if you're patient with me and take time, I yeah. promise we can get to be good friends. Because imagine somebody with aphasia, if you're not patient and they see you, you know, breathing heavy and, you know, starting to fidget with their phone and you're just like, that's going to close them up and they're not going to feel like you are a safe place to talk. Now in this world, it's not safe, you know, you're, you're ordering at Starbucks and you got to hurry, you got to go. So it's just practicing. If you're going to Starbucks, if you're going to Chick-fil-A places that move fast, you know, practice before you go, get those words out. If it's hard to do it this way, have a backup so I can say this. Yeah. Yeah. And right now that you brought up Starbucks, Mm -hmm. I actually have like an interesting story. Well, not to me, it's interesting. I had just gotten through, um, I had just moved to Texas and I was at Starbucks and my brother was like, just go in. And I'm like, oh, my God, like, I don't want to speak to people, like, especially because they can see me and anything. <laughs> this girl was like not happy. Like she must have had a really, really rough day. And she was like, what do you want to order? And I'm like trying to figure out right. how to say it. And one of the things actually that I'm, I really appreciate for Bind as the uh, Brain Injury Clubhouse, I at this point, I didn't feel bad telling people. I'm like, yeah, I had a stroke. You need to get some patience on you because, <laughs> girl, this is your job, right? Like, I, I sucks to have a bad day. But I, I ended up having to tell her that, like, please, like, I need patience. I have aphasia. Absolutely. And then it kind of connected her. Like, I was like, oh, I don't know what that is, but must be something sucks, right? Like, right. And I think at one point that's what I would really love personally 
love people to know like have some don't feel bad don't feel bad about it you know like it's and especially like caregivers and family members like this is something that a lot of people have to live through and that doesn't mean i think as carl has mentioned before Mm -hmm. like it doesn't make you like like mm, intelligent is that a word i hope it doesn't make you less intelligent intelligent. Yeah. yeah yeah It just, that confrontation, though, is is what's hard because you just freeze for a second. It's like, wait a second, let me get this. Yeah. You know, another thing you could do, they all have apps now. Pull it up on your phone. Point to what you want. Yeah. You know, but don't let the aphasia keep you in. Right. Yeah, that's right. I was thinking that, too, that everybody has apps now. It's so much easier to... And earlier, I did say the AAC device, and it's the Augmentative Alternative Communication Device. So there are different apps with the AAC that you can use for from simple to complex that children can use adults can use yeah that's pretty awesome yeah and I guess that's one thing that people probably don't think about I mean it's a facial it's like you teach us all the same way it doesn't matter how old you are when you get yeah. a facial it's you're still learning all over and I think that's one of the things that I laugh still laugh about with Carl he's like it's like, just learn something new every day. You know, he goes, I may have known this before my stroke or before my brain injury, but I remembered it today. So there you go. That's my new thing today. There we go. So, yeah, always practice and make perfect. But, Nicole, we are so happy that we got you here to kind of dig deeper in aphasia. And we know that's a lot of information about aphasia. So we would just encourage you to, again, to learn more about it on your own. And it's getting a lot of news with Bruce Willis right yeah. about now. But um, it's a big deal for people. So... Just stay in there, and thank you again, Nicole, for joining us. We thank will have Nicole's information on our resource website when we post the episode. So if you have questions about speech therapy or aphasia or maybe have ideas like, what else can we do, feel free to contact us or contact her. Yep. And if you would like to continue uh, contact us, Carrie and I, <laughs> Uh, the co-hosts, then you can email us at bindwaves@thebind.org. And don't forget to click that like button, that share button, and the notify button on if you're watching on YouTube. And you can listen to Bind Waves on all your favorite platforms. Yep. Until next Until time. Until next time. We hope you've enjoyed listening to Bind Waves and continue to support Bind and our nonprofit mission. We support brain injury survivors as they reconnect into the life the community, and their workplace. And we couldn't do that without great listeners like you. We appreciate each and every one of you. Continue watching. Until next time. Until next time.